The Ectoplasm Show is brought to you by North KC's Big Rip Brewing Company. Lighten up dark matter, have a craft beer. Hey there, everybody. This is Jason, and this is the Ectoplasm Show. This week, we are putting out a throwback episode, going all the way back to episode 37. Over 300 episodes ago, that was the episode where we talked about flying humanoids. I had only been on the show for maybe seven episodes, not even that. And I do tell a story about a flying humanoid that I saw. Anyways, we were supposed to have <clears throat> Brad from the Sofa King podcast on this week, but I really screwed up my throat over the weekend with an acid reflux attack, actually. So I wasn't in any condition to record Monday night. So we're hopefully going to be able to reschedule with him next week or very soon. Also... We have some exciting news, if you haven't seen it on our Facebook or social media. We got four Dybbuk boxes in a very, very strange coincidence. It's hard to explain. It's not hard to explain. It's hard to wrap my mind around this. So, you know, as listeners of the show, that... We've been talking about it at least the last couple weeks where we wanted to get a box off of eBay or or Etsy or wherever and open it. Well, last Friday night, a group that was investigating Malvern Manor brought five Dybbuk boxes to the manor. Well, so they didn't know... Josh didn't know about this till the next morning when he walked in and where the key to the building was that they had left. They also had four unopened Dybbuk boxes, one open Dybbuk box and a teddy bear sitting there on the counter with the key. <clears throat> and he was like, what the fuck? Um, where did these come from? Did they accidentally leave them? So he, he he texted me, sent me a photo, and said, check this out. And then he emailed the group to ask them if they meant to leave them. And the group said that they're his now. They're Josh's now. <clears throat> and that the teddy bear had moved. And that's why they left that. My feeling is, is they opened the one got freaked out the teddy bear moved and they said fuck it we're not opening the other four we're just going to leave it here so that's how we got our our dybbuk boxes to open there's four of them and we're going to open all four this saturday at malvern manor and we're going to film it and put it out there on youtube for everybody to watch if you're a patron at the $10 level or above on our Patreon, if service holds up there, we will live stream opening it for our patrons at $10 or above. At any level patron, you will also get a behind-the-scenes video of all whatever outtakes or bloopers or or who knows what will be in that behind-the-scenes video, but you'll get extra footage of the opening of these boxes. So, wish us luck. <clears throat> I mean, they could just be something that they bought off eBay that wasn't real either, but they look legit. They're fully covered in wax, wrapped in string, and the one that's open, Josh said there's all kinds of weird stuff in it. Um... So I don't know what's going to happen. It could be pretty weird. There's, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. The way we got them was just like we wanted them and out of the blue, they show up. And I don't think that those people that were investigating that night listened to our show. 
At least as far as we know, they don't. So if you want to watch live, go join our Patreon. Go to our website, ectoplasmshow.com, and you can find the link to our Patreon there. If you want to see the behind-the-scenes footage, um, go sign up for at least a dollar. I mean, it's a dollar. It's $12 a year, and you get access to all the extended content we have, as well as other random content that we're going to start putting out there very soon. I've booked a few investigations that me and some people are going on soon that content from those investigations will be for patrons only and just for a dollar you'll be able to get it so go check that out while you're at extoplasmshow.com click on the link to podbelly and go say hi to our friends over there they've sent a good amount of listeners towards us so if you haven't checked out podbelly go listen to some of the other shows let them know that we sent you over there and recommended them also if you're a fan of hot sauce or even if you're not a fan of hot sauce please interact with our sponsor on instagram or other social media el yucateco is not like normal hot sauce it's really flavorful and they have different varieties they're all good on different things so you can buy them anywhere, any most grocery stores, all Walmarts, all Targets, uh, online, Amazon. Go check them out. Then their their bottles aren't super expensive. Just two dollars for a bottle of hot sauce. That's really good. So go check them out. Go say hi. Go say go go tag us in comments on their Instagram posts. That's the best interaction that we could ask for. Anyways, I hope you enjoy this throwback episode all the way back to almost six years ago, five and a half years ago, uh, Flying Humanoids, and go join our Patreon so that you can watch our opening live. You just have to sign up for the Slimer level, and you will have access to that live video. I'm almost 95% positive I will have enough service to stream it. And if it's not, we will give something, you know, we will give access to all our $10 patrons um, to the full video of every bit of the video. So hopefully that live feed doesn't have any problems. But even at a dollar level, you'll get access to the dipic boxes behind the scenes video if you join at the $25 level we may even randomly send one of the open boxes to one of our $25 level patrons actually you know what I haven't talked about it with Josh Josh technically owns them but I don't think he would have a problem with me saying we will give one of the boxes after we're done opening them to one of our $25 Doctor's Minions patron members. So thanks as always for listening and supporting our show. And hopefully... We'll have, hopefully nothing happens that's bad with these boxes. And we'll see you then. I make it a rule never to get involved with possessed people. Actually, it's more of a guideline rule. And I know what I saw, and that's not what you're telling me what I saw.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ectoplasm Show. My name is Josh Hurd. I am the host, the host with the most, or whatever. Uh, this is episode number 37 for the Ectoplasm Show. Um, so yeah, kind of hard to believe that we've been uh, doing it this long, the better part of a year now. So kind of exciting. We are gaining new people on the Facebook page as well, like, and uh, also on our our Twitter page as well. So that's that's very good, and thank you guys very much for that, uh, spreading the word and helping us out in every way that you can. Uh, if you guys are new to the show and want to get a hold of us, uh, you can do so easily at ectoplasmshow at gmail.com or at ectoplasmshow on Twitter or the Ectoplasm Show on Facebook as well. Um, and I've got my good friend uh, Jason on the line. Are you there, my friend? Yeah, it's glad to finally be back on. Yeah, yeah. I uh I tell you what, man, the uh the people over at Radio Shack, I, I love Radio Shack. But they uh they kinda donked me. They kinda donked me hard with the whole yeah. uh needing a cord thing. Um so yeah. Had to jump through some hoops. <laughs> but we got there. <laughs> we finally got there. So what's yeah. new, my friend? What's what's new with you? What's new with me? Well, I've actually been pretty busy with some stuff in my own personal life, but I have been doing the uh, In the Dark video blogs. We just released one of those on YouTube on Monday or Tuesday. I don't remember which day, but anyways, we did a, uh, a quick one about Bigfoot. I, different theories thought, so. absolutely I've watched um, I think I'm all cut up now honestly I've been binge yeah. I've been binge watching um, what do you think of that now, I love it I love the premise of the of the show itself and if you guys get a chance go to YouTube and check out uh, Into the Dark uh, video blog now you actually have a channel though that that's associated with right yeah it's uh, MC Paranormal RS Okay. So it's the same as my Twitter. Or if you just type in my name, Jason Kupsik, if you search my name, uh, three or four of my channels will pop up, and I'm sure that that paranormal channel would pop up as well. Yeah. Very, very cool. And the website, you can, I post all the videos on the website as well. So Nice. Very, very nice. Yeah, and if you guys, you got to check this out because it's basically, it's just Jason and his buddies sitting in a dark-ass room (laughs) and and talking about paranormal stuff, and it is outstanding. So It's actually a lot like a podcast where you can see us. Yeah, exactly. But we can't see you in the the dark. (laughs) And I'm actually thinking about eventually releasing the audio as a podcast as well. That's a good idea. Um, I could help you out with that audio crap too, if you wanted to clean it up or do whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, and also, I think, you know, you and I are going to be a part of the uh, the Kansas City Paracon coming up here at the end of July, correct? Yeah. So yeah, I think I won't be speaking at it, but I will be there and have a table. Yeah. Yeah, I think what we need to do though. And I brought this up in the last episode. I think what we need to do is we need to combine all of our shows, everything that we freaking have going on, all into one ginormous episode of something. So we need to get like, and I think we need to get Mike Diamond in on this. Yeah, I mean, I I, I was thinking about trying to get any of the speakers. Maybe not all together, but different little interviews or different little things put together i think that's a great idea i think it's gonna be a blast um but maybe if we uh sat around yeah into the the dark dark ectoplasm ectoplasm. (laughs) exactly so i'm thinking we sit around in the dark with night vision shit and then um record the ectoplasm show whilst we are recording into the dark and i think that would be a blast Definitely, and usually I do the in the dark videos in just like my house or a buddy's house. But we should do this in a haunted place. So well, maybe, possibly, we can do a little investigating on air. 
Yes, and I think that is a great idea. And that's one thing, you know, last episode I, I told everybody that I started this Ustream account and I want to start doing live investigations. Um, you know, no matter what that entails or whatever, I just want to start yeah. doing more. And so, you know, with that, I'm going to be doing everything on that Ustream channel. All my uh, music shows, uh, all the ectoplasm shows, uh, and then obviously ghost hunts and Q&A sessions and things like that. It'll, it's going to be fun, man. I've actually had quite a bit of experience of broadcasting my investigations online. You see, this is a whole new world to me. Like, I went to school initially when I went to school. Um, it was for broadcasting, for specifically radio broadcasting. Um, and, you know, that's what I'm comfortable with. Now, this whole, like, video stuff and, like, people looking at me, and it's just like you're always thinking, okay, do I have a booger hanging out of my nose? And you can't, like, check. You can't check because then people are going to think, Josh is picking his nose. So you're just well, I sitting there. I say that the very first time I did one, we, we, we got asked by a website if we would, they would be able to broadcast our investigations. And I, we, it was through our DVR system that we hooked up. Um, I can't remember the name of the piece of equipment, but it's something that plugs into the computer and they can pick up the feed online and broadcast it. That's sexy. And that website catered to it catered to anybody into the paranormal, but it had a big following of psychics. And we actually had a chat box when yeah. we were doing the investigations, and we would have people pop up all over the world, Australia, South Africa, Italy, Germany, uh, Egypt one time, and, right. you know, including the U.S. and Canada and everybody else. So... They were chatting in and watching us investigate, and I, the very first investigation we did live was at a place called Longview Mansion. I could remember before we went live, everybody was standing around. It was a weird feeling because, of course, I'd been on camera before, yeah. but this is live. And right. But after the second time, because we probably did a dozen or more of those, after the second time, you don't even think about it anymore. You just do it the same way you would normally do it. Right. All I know is there's a lot more buttons to push now on my end. Huh. <laughs> yeah. It is, yeah. It's kind of, I don't know. It's just a different world, and it's going to take some de- definite, like, getting used to. I know that. Um, I've already done it's a couple of things. Well, and it's it's a bitch because I've already done a couple things, but I was literally yeah. just using the phone, the phone's video, the phone's audio, and now it's like, oh, I have to yeah. uh, somehow get my soundboard to to speak to the, you know, to uh, the actual program itself. It's kind of a pain in the ass because it's not the best program well, you've in the world. Documentaries where you've been on camera, but. Yes. That was live. No. There's uh you can always go back and do the uh the the fancy little studio fixo fix on it and uh yeah. make yourself not sound so stupid sometimes. <laughs> or if you have a really funny face on, you know, you could just cut to some yeah. B-roll and call it good. <laughs> it's nice. It's very nice. Oh my gosh. So hey, what are we what are we talking about today? I'm kind of excited about this. Well, I brought up the topic to you last time, not on air, but the flying humanoids. And I actually have a personal experience with a flying humanoid. Um, but I thought maybe we would go over or just talk about our thoughts on it first and some of the historical cases. Right. And then I get into my my encounter with it. Well, and I tell you, like, you know, initially I had no idea that anything like this existed. But, um, God, I don't even remember what year it was. It was the late 90s, maybe early 2000s or whatever, and the Mothman Prophecies movie came out. Yes, with, that's one of, the, um, one of the types of flying men or humanoids. Right. Mothman. 
So I really, after watching that movie, um, I think I took a girlfriend to it. Honestly, we saw it in the theater, and you know, me being the person that I am, I didn't want to like, you know, say, "Oh my God, that was like the best movie ever." And I like totally geek out on everything, but I was Richard really Gere, into it. Richard Gere is really good in everything he does. Absolutely, but I was so like, I can see what you geek out in it. <laughs> yeah, it had nothing to do with Deborah Messing. <laughs> but I tell you, like, I really started diving into the story, you know, itself after that, and how because I'm always interested in how accurate these movies are when they are portraying something that actually happened. And yeah, I did the same thing. I found all kinds of websites from all around the world listing Mothman sightings throughout history. Exactly. And, I mean, it's very interesting, the story itself. Um, and, I mean, there's a lot of paranormal aspects in the movie itself. Like, when he is, uh, you know, he loses time. You know, that's yes, a big which thing. Yes, not something that actually happened in the, the West Virginia. Not even close. The, <laughs> not in the actual case that the movie represents, but it was cool that they threw that in, that he transported somewhere or he just didn't remember the journey. Like, at the time, yeah, he lost he lost some time, but he also traveled farther than it, he would have been able to it within that time. Exactly. And it was, so that was interesting in itself. Um but like I said, you know, the movie fascinated me and then it really got me thinking more and more. And, you know, like you like you mentioned, you know, Mothman has been sighted freaking all over the world. And what's more I mean, than I mean, the, is like the he part where No, go ahead. Go ahead. No. So I was gonna say the part where he meets with the expert. Yes. The stuff that the expert talks about it being in cave paintings and here and there and there, those are pretty much accurate um, parts in the sense that they have been what looks like a mothman in cave paintings. And they have been right. spotted for years and years and years. So just the most famous one known case around here was, what was the name of that city? Uh, Point Pleasant? Yeah, that's the most famous one. They actually still have a, a festival every year. Yes, but they it do. was happening. It was happening before that as well in other areas. That's crazy. That's crazy stuff, though. My uh, my daughter decided to come up here and ask me to do something. What do you What do you need, sweetie? Oh, okay. Can you put it? Just put it downstairs. Thanks. So, this is the this is the joys of being a dad at home during summer break. <laughs> when yeah. you go to record your uh, record your podcast, so oh my goodness! But no, um, you know, back to you know Mothman and all of that. Um, it's a story and an idea that has fascinated me forever. Um, and it's, I, I don't know, it's its weird to think about that people are, you know, would swear on a stack of Bibles that they have actually encountered these beings, um, whether you call it the Mothman or whatever. Um, this is a very real thing for a ton of different people uh, from all walks of life. So I think it's something that should not be, shouldn't be ignored necessarily. Yeah, and for anybody that hasn't seen the movie or has seen the movie, but I mean, I mean, has seen the movie but haven't researched it at all, most of the reports that I have seen look exactly like what they represent in the movie. Even before, you know, the the reports before the movie came out, so it's not just movie influencing what you see. They did a pretty accurate depiction of what people actually saw this Mothman look like. Right. And it, yeah, it's... The red eyes. And they did, yeah, they did their homework, that's for sure. Now, um, I actually wrote a, uh, a paranormal tidbit, um, which you guys could find on, like, Amazon.com for, like, a buck. Uh, but I wrote a paranormal tidbit on the Mothman himself. 
And I didn't realize that the first sighting was actually a few days prior to what, like, the movie would lead you to believe. Um, there, there was, uh, like, it was a bunch of guys working. Uh, I think they were actually digging graves. And, uh, they were all, they all saw something. And this was like, oh, I forget. It, it, it had to be at least 30 miles to 60 miles away from, like, the Point Pleasant area. Yeah. And they all saw this thing, and then uh, it was just like a day later that the Point Pleasant crap started going down. So, but anyway. Um, now, you said you have an experience. I have an experience. I don't know if it was necessarily a Mothman, but have you seen any of the other YouTube videos or other things of other types of flying humanoids. Uh, Mothman is just one of them. Right. Now, I have seen... uh, I'm glad that you brought up YouTube because there's a ton of those videos, too. Uh, I saw one that really caught my eye. It it appeared to be uh, somebody taking pictures of a bridge. And this bridge was absolutely massive huge huge bridge and at the very tip top of the bridge uh, you see something like standing on top of the bridge or whatever and then it literally takes flight yeah I have seen that I have seen that and it's it's a little weird it's a little unnerving um but it's it's weird to think because now you have to like watch YouTube and take everything with a grain of salt because anybody and their dog can can do amazing things with technology yeah. and video enhancements and, and, and shit like that. And so you have to really be careful, I guess, as to what you believe. Yeah, I've seen some, uh, in doing research for this, I've seen some blatantly yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, photoshopped, not photoshopped, uh, edited stuff. But there's other videos that I've seen that have been around since like the 90s and early 2000s that I, I saw before they were on YouTube. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that they're not fake, but they're and they're, they're harder to, to discern in, in their humanoid shape or whatever, but there's somewhere it looks like just a person floating up there. Exactly. Or um, moving between buildings. And there's one that I've always, I always picture when I think of flying humanoids. It's in Mexico. You can see the mountains off, and there's this thing flying across the sky in a straight line. It looks like a person, like hanging on to, like a a pole that has something that he's standing on. Wow. And they're pretty impressive in the sense that they don't. They obviously they don't look like anything else. Like a a YouTube, like a um. They don't look like a plane, obviously. They're, they're a UFO, so to speak, but they're in the shape of a human. Right. It's pretty interesting stuff, though. And, you know, also, you say, you know, back from, like, the, the early to mid-90s or something like that, um, it was a lot harder to dick with video back then, too. Yeah. It was a lot harder to uh, do what we can do now with just a few mouse clicks, you know. Um. I mean, you think that yeah, the internet was still in its baby baby phase. <laughs> yeah. And um, I actually have a few, or at least one case written there. I know that they've been spotted in Peru. There's actually another sighting in the 1950s in West Virginia called Flatwoods. Oh, nice. But I have, uh, I, I couldn't find much on that one, but I found a bunch of information on... A case out of Mexico in 2004 where it's actual police officers that had the incident. Like so, with the actual police? Yeah, so it was, and it was, I remember it being in the news, but I found all the reports and stuff, and it's, uh, well, I wrote down some stuff here. It was a Mexican police officer. He was attacked by a flying humanoid in 2004. Oh, wow. In Monterey, Mexico. He was on patrol. It was three, like three fifteen in the morning on Friday in January, 
His name is Leonardo Samanigo. He was doing routine work. A huge black human-shaped being fell from a tree but stopped and floated right before it hit the ground. Wow. And then it floated up about 10 feet, and it was a woman with black eyes, completely black eyes with no eyelids. What the and fuck? And he thought it was... He thought it was a witch. I would and just run like a his, bitch, man. Like, yeah, I would take was, off. He was in his car. It jumped through the air and landed on the roof of the car and tried to grab him through the windshield. Okay, it what do you... He passed out from shock, you and when he woke you. up, the car's all screwed up. Wow. And they actually did drug tests on him and psychological <laughs> tests and all this other stuff and everything came back negative so i mean it is yeah like after they do their tests and shit like that then it's pretty much official that he suffered some form of trauma well and in in a few days after that or like a, a week or a month after that three other officers came out and said that three days before that they saw the same thing but it didn't attack them what the hell Dude, that's and awesome. They didn't report it because they were afraid that they would just sound crazy. But Was the guy that got attacked, obviously, he has nothing else to do but to say what happened. <laughs> I mean, how do you explain the car getting fucked up like that? Yeah, exactly. Unless you're making an elaborate story, but the other people saw it too. Wow. Okay, so that's pretty impressive. And actually, the, the largest rash of sightings that I've been able to find and to document have all been in Mexico around that time. Wow. So, have have there been any any reports in that area since? I mean, I'm sure there have been. Yeah. I, uh, I you know, it's hard to find individual cases. Well, and what's interesting but, to me though is you have. An officer of the law, uh, and, you know, I always say they're a no-bullshit type of person. Well, that's about as no-bullshit as a person can get. Yeah. You know, uh, police officers, military, you know, things like that. Um, so when they when they come at you with, with a story like this, you, I don't know, you don't necessarily tend to believe them more, but it it certainly means more coming from them because you know they're in a position of power also they have a lot more to lose than just joe schmo tinfoil hat well that's the thing i don't know what this guy would have to gain by telling the story exactly and i mean he certainly hasn't probably have a lot more to lose by telling the story than making up something else that might have happened to the car bingo yeah no shit I got bored, so I beat the hell out of my car and uh, made up this story. <laughs> Love it. So now, get in, get into your story. Okay, so it was in 2012. I think it was it was early 2012, like March or April. I I forgot to write down the dates. I'm not at home. Yeah. I I know what the date is because I was coming home from an investigation. So I have it documented what date it was. I was, so I live in the Kansas City area, and I was doing an investigation in St. Joe, which is an hour north of here. It's about an hour and a half, two hours south of you. And so we were up there doing an investigation, and I guess you know the investigation was a was a good investigation. But it doesn't have anything to do with what we saw other than we were coming back from it when I saw it. Yeah. It was like one or two in the morning, and it was just me and a friend of mine named Eric that's in the group. Um, And we had three other investigators there at the investigation. They drove separately, and they wanted to go look at something else while we were in St. Joe, and I was tired. Not too tired, but I just wanted to get home. Uh, right. There was some internal, there was some internal stuff going on in the group. That was the last investigation I did with those three people, and I didn't really want to go with them anyway. Sure. So I just came home. So we were coming down I-29, and we were getting into the metro area, 
And anybody that knows Kansas City um, knows where KCI is. I was maybe five minutes north of KCI on I-29, right near, there's a truck stop there. I'm not going to go into too much detail because who knows if the people listening know this area. But anyways, (laughs) we were on the highway. It was between 1 and 2 a.m. coming into the city. I was awake. As far as I know, (laughs) I was driving. (laughs) Eric was awake in the seat next to me, and we were just talking. And it was, you know, there there was a clear sky that night, and the area of the highway we were on when I saw it was lit up by streetlights. Oh yeah. I only saw the bottom half of this thing because I caught it. In my, you know, while I was driving, I caught it maybe 60 yards in front of the car. Wow. And it was maybe about 12 feet off the ground. It was low enough that if I was a big rig, I probably would have flipped it. Yeah. So I don't think it was anything hanging from anything. I've been back to that area and there's nothing in that area. I thought maybe, you know, there was a power line, something hanging down. But what I saw was the bottom half of this thing because I caught it and then I was leaning forward to look up and it went right over my head right when I was under it. What the hell? But I saw legs and and it had modern shoes. What? Black, black pants, it looked like to me. Yeah. And what looked like either a cape which sounds corny or a long coat like a trench coat almost that went down just past the knees that was kind of blowing in the wind I was going to say so it would be blowing or billowing or whatever you want to call it yeah and it was all, all it was all black and Eric didn't see it we were talking about something and, and I saw it and I had enough time to lean up and watch it pass over me, but I didn't really have time to say, hey, look at that. Right. He didn't see it. He was paying attention to something out of the other window. Oh, my God, dude. So, yeah, this thing, and the the one thing that makes me think that it was not something normal was because if I was a taller vehicle, I would have hit it. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, wasn't going under a bridge at the moment, so I don't know. Now, just to be—I mean, just to be clear—you said it had like modern shoes. Yeah, so like, it's like wearing was, shoes. Yeah, when I when earlier today, when I was thinking about talking about this experience, I was trying to think of a theory of why some people might see stuff like that, and I started thinking about. Okay, so if you're in an old building that's been remodeled, there's been reports people have seen legs walking along the ceiling, sticking out of the ceiling walking, and that's because the place had been remodeled and the old floor had used to be lower. Correct. So the the spirits is actually walking on the old floor where it used to be. Like a residual type haunt. yeah, Yeah, residual haunting. And then I started thinking, well, maybe... Maybe this area, or maybe maybe other people have had this experience. Where this was a, a highway, so it, it had obviously been excavated, and maybe the ground used to be higher, and this thing was walking on the ground. But then I real remembered that it had modern shoes on. Wow! But uh, I started thinking that it, maybe it was a residual type haunting. Maybe that has to do with some other people's stories, but I don't know where the modern. So like it was almost like. I couldn't make out what kind of shoes they were, brand or anything like that. Sure. They looked like skate shoes, like flat bottom skate shoes. Sure. Wow, man. So, I mean, did you just keep driving? Well, yeah, I mean, I was going 70. Yeah. So, <laughs> and there wasn't any exit there, and I didn't want to just stop on the side. And I did. I looked through the mirrors and had to turn around, and I couldn't see anything. Right. Um, I mean, if I were to see something like that, I don't know what I would do, how I would necessarily react, other than the fact that I would probably be, I'd probably be frozen solid initially. 
and yeah, then, I mean, then it, I'd want to look for it. Me, and I was just kind of in a trance of just driving. I didn't think about turning around at the moment and going back. I was just like, what the hell was that in my head, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. So you basically saw this thing swoop you, for lack of a better term. Now, yeah, but I don't know if it. But you saw, like, you I, saw the the bottom half, basically. Yeah, I don't know if it if it, it was moving or not. I don't know if well, it came down. I picked it up because I was just watching the road, and I picked it up. Maybe I would say it wasn't any farther than a hundred yards in front of me that I first saw it. Right. But I think it was less than that because it was only like two or three or four seconds before I was past it. Um, did you ever notice then, did you notice like wings or anything of that nature that could be seen as like a not, wings or anything like that? Not in this. I mean, like I said, I saw it only from what I would say would be the waist down. Wow. I didn't see arms or hands or anything like that, but I remember distinctly the shape of its legs and its shoes. Wow. And then it was, I think it was a coat or a cape or something just kind of hanging there behind them, kind of blowing in the wind a little bit. I got to ask, man. I don't know if maybe it took off when I was, as I went underneath it, that's why I couldn't see it behind me. Right. Or maybe, um, I don't know, but I believe that there was physically something there. I mean, it sounds like it, especially since you're, you know, you're remembering it in a way that's, I mean, it's very, very, it's right there. It's vivid. You know what I mean? You know what you saw. Um, But I got to ask, like, I'm sure that you've gone over this a zillion times in your head since that moment. Yeah. What do you, in, in your heart, what do you think this absolutely was? Um, I think... I think it's a person that has an ability that that we don't know about yet. I was just going to ask that. I was just going to touch on that. Because I don't think it was a creature because it... At least I couldn't I couldn't see skin or anything like that, of course. But, but it you saw shoes. Humanoid. Yeah, and it looked dressed. Yeah, exactly. You saw shoes and pants, which would be, you know, what anybody else would wear. Yeah. Like just Joe Schmo, anybody off the street would, you know, uh-huh. at least have pants and, you know, shoes on. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of those... Um, there's a lot of those stories out there as well. You know, there's a lot of people that claim to have seen other people, you know, I don't know what you would call it, practicing their ability. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Mm-hmm. There's that one video. I forget where this took place. I think it might have been like Russia. I don't know. A guy and his dog are out in the woods and he's filming the dog kind of romping and playing and things like that. And then the dog kind of takes off a little bit down into this clearing area. And as he turns this corner, he can see a little girl floating in the air. Um, and she's like wearing, it looks like a, I don't know. It, she's wearing like a, a, a coat, a heavy coat. And there's a, another woman that's standing on the ground looking up at her. Um, mm-hmm. And then they, the girl comes down. They see that they're being watched, and they, the, the other lady, then like kind of puts her arm around this girl, and they run off. And I mean, fast. Um, yeah, I've heard a few. I've heard a few stories like that. I, I don't know. I've heard a few stories of people coming on up to somebody floating in the air. Oh wow! See, that's impressive. I would. <laughs> I don't know what the hell. And I, I would don't do that. have any idea. I I try to. I you know I've always tried to think about why would it be there? Right. Why would it be there? Even if it, you know as a person thinking why why would he be there or her or whatever? Exactly. And I, I don't know. I mean maybe maybe he was maybe this person was just being what he was. They were able to do. Right. It makes you think of yeah. Like uh, I want to try this out. <laughs> you know I. 
I somehow yeah. stumbled upon this ability or whatever, and now I want to try it out, which is very Marvel Comics of us to like be entertaining. Yeah, but that's the, not same, the only weird experience I've had on that highway too. On I twenty nine, I had another one. It was actually coming home from investigating with you uh, in Maryville. Oh yeah, yeah. Now I, I may have fallen asleep on this one, which <laughs> is bad. I have I have no idea. I remember this was farther south than where I saw this thing. Yeah. And um, Mike, Mike was in the car with me. Oh yeah. And he was asleep. I all I remember is. I remember passing that spot where I saw the humanoid because every time I drive by there, I always look for it. <laughs> yeah. So I remember that, and I remember going. It was before. It was on I twenty nine before you get turns into six thirty five. All of a sudden, two like from what I think of it, of what happened the other night was, I was driving down the middle lane. There was a car on my left and a car on the right but farther back and then all of a sudden there appeared two deer in my lane oh shit and I don't know if it was really late well yeah I may have, I may have nodded off maybe the guy next to me honked his horn and that's how I woke up but <laughs> I literally I literally was sitting there and I like they were staggered enough I don't know how I made it through them like wow. they were both in my lane and they were maybe maybe 20 yards apart I swerved around one swerved around the other one I like, wrenched the wheel back and forth to get around them I didn't hit the car next to me and Mike shot straight up like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, honestly, now that I think about it and what I have been thinking about, I don't even know if those deer were actually there. Wow. Or if I nodded off and pictured those deer and that's what woke me up. Freaking wow. I, I, I was going 70. I should be alive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Dude, that's freaking spooky, though. That's really that spooky. Was on the way, that was on the way home from uh, investigating the chapel. See, fuck, man. Screw that chapel. Just blame it on the chapel. I still haven't been able to figure out where that picture came from. The one I told you that showed up in other you pictures know, of mine. I don't this is another. Printing out one. This is another funny thing. You know, as as everybody knows, um, that we just got done shooting this documentary about this haunted ass chapel. I wrote a book about the joint, yada yada. But this place will not leave us the fuck alone. And uh, go ahead and tell them that story, buddy. Yeah, I think it was about a month ago, a month and a half ago. Yeah. I was going through my bookcase. I was cleaning them all out because, you know, I, I'm a little I'm a little messy at times. I'll just lay stuff down. Where I, I do feel like laying it down. So my bookshelves always get filled up with just random crap. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going through them and, and organizing them, and I have one shelf that's just like photo albums and loose photos and stuff like that. And I pulled out this box of loose photos, and I was looking through them, and there were pictures of my daughter. Yeah. And one of the pictures in the middle, which was bigger than the rest of them, and it was like a five by seven, was of the chapel. Yeah. Now, who and took the, the picture? In the background. <laughs> who took the picture? I don't yeah. know. They looked like anybody could have taken the picture. I know for a fact I did not take that picture. I know that. I know that. I don't. I looked through. Because I try to save every picture I ever take. Right. I look through, and I have pictures that are close to that one on the computer, but not that exact one. It's so crazy. And even if even if I did, I know that I didn't print out any of them. And I talked to my wife, and she didn't print out one by accident or ever like go through her photos and oh, what's this one instead of the side. Right. I don't know where that came from. I actually, I gave it to Brad and he hung it up on the wall because I didn't want it in the house. <laughs> I love it. I freaking love it. That's spooky know. shit, though. I don't know though. where it came from. That is freaking spooky shit, though. I tell you. And it, freaking... it happened just about the same time that I picked up back with you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, buddy. I, I think, I don't know. 
I think I'm a haunted some bitch. That's what it is. <laughs> and I think uh, I should just leave that place alone <laughs> forever from now I on. I want to go back. I yeah, I know you back. do. <laughs> I know you do. Um, I've actually entertained the idea of doing like a uh, a second part of the documentary, kind of more or less like a aftermath type thing. Because shit's not you, stopping at all. Have you ever tried to sleep in the chapel? Yes, actually, I have. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. thinking about it. It'd be cool to set up a tent or just a sleeping bag and try to sleep. Yeah, that would be cool. Like it'd probably have to be a tent because, uh, like, there's rodents everywhere, yeah. and I don't want them yeah. coming and vand or you know, nibbling. Well, any yeah, I mean that freaks my shit out. Like. <laughs> I just don't want them to violate me in any way. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I do know that, you know, there's bats, um, and things like that. And I don't like, I don't like the bats, but they don't bother me too much. But yeah, I would totally sleep in that joint if we could. I would totally do it. Sounds so. like a date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it a date. Let's do it. It'll be great. All right, so flying humanoids. You got anything else on flying humanoids? Other than the fact that oh, here, okay, I was gonna, I was gonna mention this too because what is the Jersey Devil, or is that just a crypt, a cryptid? The Jersey Devil is a cryptid. There are some reports of the Jersey Devil that has wings and they can actually fly at times. Right. So it is almost humanoid shaped in the sense that it stands on two legs okay but not it's not like a not like mothman or anything like that in that sense no and a lot of people a lot of people confuse the jersey devil with chupacabra and what they look like the traditional jersey devil it almost has a like a goat head almost well, with no horn that's adorable right and has um, wings, and it's almost got a reptilian snake-like skin, but without scales. Screw that! Screw that! <laughs> what? Um, the, the true, the true sightings of the Jersey Devil—not the true, but the—it gets mixed up with a lot of other cryptids. It's mostly in the Jersey Pine Barrens, right? Where the Jersey Devil, the actual thought to be Jersey Devil is most excited. That's insane. It's crazy stuff. So, um, what of, uh, what other humanoid, flying humanoid stories do you have? Well, there's, I don't have any that have as much detail as that one, but there are, you know, I would call an angel sighting, a flying humanoid sighting. Exactly. In the sense that, or a demon flying is a flying humanoid sighting. Now, could could an angel then wear Converse shoes? I mean, who knows? Maybe they want to be in, in modern times, you know? It's a more or less appear blend to in. Somebody, or to appear to somebody in a fashion that they would recognize. That is freaking nuts, though. So but I don't know why that uh, you'd just be floating above the highway and not you know why would it show itself to me if it didn't want to talk to me that kind of thing right well i tell you this much though like if whether it's you know an angel or or a, a demon or anything like that i i don't know but i will say this like the uh the police officer that you were talking about in mexico mm-hmm. if there was <clears throat> excuse me if there was something that was like attacking my car with no freaking like no eyelids and shit like that. I mean, that's that's scary. Like that's well, freaking terrifying. That, that, yeah, that whole account led to a um, a mass hysteria, kind of in the sense that all these people in Mexico started being afraid of what because he believed it was a witch. Right, exactly. So and then all these people started seeing 
what they thought were witches and stuff. Well, now they're looking for it, though. It's like now, you know, after that report comes out and it's like, oh, shit, this is from a cop. You know, this is like 100% real. You know, you, you now, everybody and their dog is out and about kind of looking for this. Maybe not actively yeah, looking for it, but they're, they've got their eyes, you know, peeled, so to speak. And I wonder why, because he said he first observed it fall out of a tree, and then it, it caught itself and was hovering above the ground before it hit the ground. Wow. I wonder why it was in the tree to begin with. Uh, that's the kind of stuff I think about. What, what, what was it doing in the tree? Yeah, what's the draw and there? how did it fall out of the tree? Yeah. So, it, see, oh my God, dude. I don't maybe know. That, that kind of leads to the witch thing in the sense that if it was a person that could just fly whenever they want to, they didn't have to do anything to make themselves fly in the sense of saying something or doing a ritual or something to, to make themselves fly, they right. wouldn't have fell out of the tree to begin with. Maybe this witch, quote, air quote, Sure. Fell out of the tree and, and and said something real quick that made it stop, and that's what was. Maybe it was a kind of magic, so to speak, that they were doing instead of an inherent ability, like evolved into that person. Well, all I know is, like, I want to go. I want to find one now. <laughs> yeah. I want to. Uh, I really want to find one. Because it's interesting to me. Um, I don't want it to, like, rip the shit out of me or anything like that. I want, you know, maybe observe from a distance <laughs> or something. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I don't know if I'd sit down and have uh, have tea with this thing. Well, I, I would think that, at least for you, I think I feel like I would be the same way. I want to observe a UFO somewhere, but I don't want it like right over me doing something to me. Well, and I tell you, like, have you seen the video out there of the, um, it's a UFO or whatever. I forget even where this was filmed at, not in this country. I know that, but it was an American who was filming it. Um, and I know it, it, came back the the spacecraft itself came back on a couple if not a few different nights in a row and it's so interesting because you can see into the goddamn windows of this flying craft and in yeah. the windows you can see what we would consider a stereotypical gray alien with the the big black almond eyes um and you know the in, enlarged head and in small features um it is exactly that and it's more more than that they they're moving you can see movement in there yeah it is fucking it's terrifying not very, it's not super common but it's not rare of people observing windows with beings in them in UFO sightings right it was just the first time I had seen it captured. Yeah, I have. I don't think I've ever seen it in a video. It's amazing video, and they have had this video has been ripped apart by, um, you know, uh, different analysts and things like that. And they said, no, this is one hundred percent not tampered with, which is amazing in itself. So that right there, as far as the UFOs and aliens and all that bullshit, that is the best piece of evidence that I have seen thus far. So give, I, I don't even know what the hell I have to look for the actual clip and then post it, post it for everybody to see. But I that's actually really have seen UFOs myself, but that's a story for another podcast. <laughs> and I, you know, honestly, I, I have had a couple different weird ass encounters with something that I haven't or that I see like in the sky and yeah that's definitely for another another podcast as well because it's uh it's a little weird it was it's definitely weird and it that's initially I think what scared me about the whole alien thing is it just terrified me so yeah 
But yeah, I definitely think that's for another time. And if you guys want to uh, reach out to us, um, like I said before, uh, ectoplasmshow at gmail.com, at ectoplasmshow on Twitter, and the Ectoplasm Show on Facebook as well. And reach out to us and uh, let us know what you think about all this fun jazz. And from now, I think we're just going to wrap this show up, honestly. And call it uh, call it a day. But everybody have a great freaking weekend. And we'll talk to you all very soon. Time to make it a rule. Never to get involved with possessed people. Actually, it's more of a guideline rule. And I know what I saw, and that's not what you're telling me what I saw.